towards 7-Eleven, you know, my, my daily dose of shenanigans. I see the homeless man vaccinating himself like the seventh time this week. It was pretty cool. Nice to see him care about his health like that. Anyway, yo, what is going on, 32 and Sleeper Wire Nation? It is your boy, Nat. We're back with a legendary, what is it now, week three episode of our fantasy season. Of course, I'm hosted alongside the number one Australian analyst, Sheen. How you doing over there? I'm doing good, man. I really, uh, I like your little anecdote off the top there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, you know, I've been practicing that one for the past week or so. Yeah, it really, really showed. The, the problem is, is you go to 7-Eleven or any type of local gas station shop, chain, whatever you want to call it, you'll find some odd shenanigans and I just can't help it. It's entertaining. Yeah, I suppose that homeless people in the world are very funny tell us more about that <laughs> well i mean they usually you, i suppose mur- you do live mur- in san francisco, san francisco. Don't you? yeah this is a lot of them it was a lot yeah i mean they I, mur- murmur random words yeah look I, funny um, yeah was threatened at knife point in a laundromat in san francisco uh-huh uh, sounds about right saw, saw people shitting in the street in san francisco uh, sounds about right I've, done, I've seen that too uh yeah i've you know what i had a third anecdote and this is a family podcast so i'm not going to share it so okay the, the problem is is my, my biggest issue with people like pooping on the streets it's like how do you wipe yeah um i i couldn't <laughs> tell you i think the we, we, we're really off to a highbrow start here, <laughs> yeah <laughs> going to a nightclub in perth as a uh, as a young man and seeing someone shit in a pint glass and put it up in the bar. Interesting. And again, how are you wiping? Like, there's nothing worse than sort of, ooh, I didn't get it all, we have to go back to the... T-. Anyway. Yeah, real, yeah like sometimes... highbrow stuff. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll poop, and then like an hour later, I'll be like, you know what, maybe I should rewipe just in case. And I can't imagine a person who just pooped on the streets and just walking around with poop stains on their butt rubbing against each other anyway <laughs> it's a fantasy speaking football podcast <laughs> speaking of poop we're going to talk a lot of players who are playing like poop and they're talking about whether they're either going to get back on track or refuse to wipe themselves uh on other parts of this episode we're going to be talking about justifiable or reactions you know my favorite we're going to be talking about some comeback players of the week prognostications a little bit of wise words of wisdom anything else i'm missing on here no i think that's it it's uh, all our favorites early season oh. episode oh, that's always nice to hear it but first but first but first i sent another trade offer i don't accept it to get a, uh, i don't expect it to get accepted because nobody trades anymore uh, but so hear me out hear me out i traded or i'm offering darren waller and robbie anderson for jalen waddle was it Darren Waller and Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson for Jalen Waddle? Yeah. Jalen Waddle. Yeah. You want, you'd rather have Jalen Waddle than both of them? Absolutely. Okay. Hmm. Why? Because every time that you give up two players to get one player, 
yeah, in the trade. Yeah, no, but also okay. Anderson, you're selling at peak value. And uh-huh. Waller is in an offense with many mouths to feed. And we saw last week that instead of throwing to their good players, the Raiders want to spread it around. And Devonta Adams had, what, two be, catches? There are going to be weeks where Waller is invisible, unfortunately. I feel like Darren Waddle, I mean, Darren Waller, well, as I can't speak all of a sudden, Darren Waller will always have a solid four floor because of how good he is, not only in the red zone, but as a chain mover. Yeah, that's a tongue twister. I suppose what's in his favor is Hunter Renfro had the worst game of his career on the weekend. Yes. And is Carr and McDaniel's trust in him going to be gone after he lost them the game? That's unfair. The Raiders lost themselves the game. When you're 21-0 at halftime or going into the fourth quarter and you lose that game, I don't think there's anybody to blame but yourselves on that one. Yeah. And it's not the first time we've seen people go to Vegas and get a massive lead and lose it all. Yeah, that's a... That's an all-too-familiar story for anybody in Vegas. I mean, speaking of comeback, there was a handful of comebacks, a lot of crazy ones, and a lot of questionable ones. I mean, we saw the Jets, the Ravens, with their absolute meltdown. It, it was a wild weekend, especially in the sports it w- world. It was. It was an all-time red zone day, I thought. There was, like, two mm-hmm. witching hours. Um, fantastic. And even, like, the uh, Detroit game and the... Uh, Rams game got close and I don't think they're yes. ever in doubt but they were fun yes it was entertaining it was a huge fantasy day I feel like you either went off absolutely off or you didn't do anything I was looking at you know people's matchups and scoreboards they put up 150 in half point PPRs like it was nothing and then some people barely broke 100 I copped a bad beat in two of my leagues and still basically outscored what I scored last week in weeks I won it was a big fantasy week as long big... as you didn't run into the um, the Hill to uh, Diggs, Allen, Buzzsaws, and thankfully on one of my team, I had all four. That's rough. So you dropped the 200 burgers, what you're telling me? I, I dropped the 200 burger, and in fact, in Scott Fish, I went up against, I think it might have been Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Tyreek Hill, and won. So yeah, wow. big, fa- big fantasy day. Let, let me check the scores here, and I, I don't like to reflect on um, you know, my own teams. At yeah, all, it, whether it's on air or not. In in one uh, league, in in one league, which is a a very fun one because it has a very active group chat between all of uh you know local buddies. I put up one seventy eight. My opponent put up one seventy, and I was up fifty with just Jalen Hurts up, and so I thought it was an easy win. But he had a, Josh Allen stacked up with Stefan Diggs, so there was there was a point where I thought that's it, I lost, I lost, I got lucky they took those players out of the game, or else I would have lost. Oh, speaking of, while you're doing that, I don't know if you have your numbers up. I have a, an odd mini rant to go on. Yeah, fire away. I uh, yeah, I misremembered. Yeah. It might be another league, and I can't remember which one it is, so I'm not going to look. Okay, so uh, a lot of people, longtime listeners, might know that I do have a Madden YouTube channel. Uh, that I kind of go over a lot of the basics, go over some advanced plays, tips, and all that. Um, and I spend a lot of time in more unique offenses, stuff that you wouldn't see often, non-meta offenses. And a lot of them was uh, open flex. And I've been going over that play, and I've been going over that since like last year's Madden, two years ago Madden. And I've been recently seeing the Bills use that formation a lot. And I always thought that was weird because I signatured pistol spread 
in uh, Madden. And then I've noticed the Bills use pistol spread. So I went over a specific play, a specific play in open flex. It's called, I think, uh, uh, XC. The Bills ran that play, specifically ran that play, how I run it, when they scored that touchdown to Stephon Dix. Nice. My, my, my tinfoil hat theory is somebody on the Bills watches my YouTube channel. Yeah, I have no evidence to refute that whatsoever. Uh-huh, thank you. So, and if there's no evidence, that means it is 100% true 60% of the time. Yeah. So I found this, uh, I found this matchup after saying I wasn't going to look. There you go. And the guy I was playing had Carson Wentz, who went off. Um, Did he? Yeah, 27 points. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Certainly good for him. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 37 and a half points. Stefan Diggs, basically 40 points. And I won. Thanks to Amon Ra St. Brown. Actually, how, how's my wide receivers in this league? It's uh, I've got I've got Eckler and Mahomes, which is nice. Neither wide receivers to, to say no, that. But Cooper Cup, a Cooper Cup, okay. Jamar Chase, Michael Thomas, okay. Adam Thielen, okay. Amon Ra, St. Brown. Semi decent, you know, the average. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, we had a trade question from a listener. Ooh. Okay. Who said rate my trade, homie? Said, I just paid Elijah Moore, DJ Moore, the Moore brothers, Courtland Sutton, and Damian Pierce for Amon Ra St. Brown, Tyler Conklin, and Wanderlei Robinson. Hold on, you're going to have to repeat that one, you lost me. So, this gentleman, I use that term lightly, paid Elijah Moore, DJ Moore, Courtland Elijah, Sutton. So he's receiving Elijah Moore. DJ no, he's Moore? receiving a Monra St. Brown. Okay. Tyler Con- Tyler Conklin, tight end for the Jets, and Wanderlei Robinson. Mm. It's a four for three trade. I'm okay with it. Yeah? I'm okay. I, one, it- I'm a huge fan of Monra St. Brown. And I have uh, I've been a huge fan of him for a while now. So if I can get him on my team, I'm happy about it. Wondell Robinson, eh. But you're giving up Elijah Moore. Mm, I don't like that either. Elijah Moore, DJ Moore, Courtland Sutton, yeah. Damian Pierce. I, I can get over them. Would you pay, in, in isolation, Elijah Moore and DJ Moore for Amon Ra St. Brown? Mm-hmm. No. That's tough. That's tough. No, I couldn't do it. I like Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. I couldn't. Uh, that's tough. It's tough. I mean, Garrett Wilson right now, he's playing really good football. The Jets are not playing. I mean, of course, they just won against the Browns, but... You know what? I'd do it. I want a minor say, bro. Yes, I would do it. I think if you're trying to win this year, that's the move. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a long-term move. I think long-term, I hope Elijah Moore probably has higher value. I think Jamison Williams is going to come in and maybe cups, cap some of them on Ra St. Brown's value. Yeah, I do um, agree there. Or at least eat into it. 
we don't know who the quarterback is going to be in Detroit long term. We probably don't know who the quarterback is going to be for the Jets long term. Yeah, we I don't think know if you're now, it's a good move. Either. Yes, I do agree. If, you, if you're winning now, I'm wondering if St. Brown is on a hot streak, and I don't see that ending anytime soon. They don't really have that many well-off pass catchers. TJ Hawkinson is doing absolutely nothing. He's so, terrible. He's terrible. He's trash. Hmm. I told a friend of mine to just drop him. You're better off dropping him. Yeah. Let, let him be somebody else's failure. Like uh, TJ Shockingson. TJ Droppingson. That's better. Nah, hardly. But all right. Right. Let's should we get on. into some justifiable overreactions? I agree. I think we should. So I've tried to tried to stay away from players this week because basically our next segment is justifiable overreactions with players. So okay. The Niners will be better with Jimmy G than Trey Lance. Yes, yeah, so that's not even an overreaction. It's it's just statistical proof. Like they are better than. Well, they are better with Jimmy Drew than Trey Lance. Now, of course, that's not saying too much because Trey Lance, with three starts, you know, he, he needs more reps to see everything. But he did not look good. I just, I just think he's trash. I think he's, I think he's terrible. I think the Niners are better than Jimmy G, and I think the locker room knows that. When Jimmy G had that QB sneak, and everyone's dapping him up, bat, bat, patting him on the head, hitting his helmet, you could tell like they did not do that with Trey Lance whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy G's a locker room guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. loves like. Everyone loves Jimmy G. No one's got a bad word to say about him. Um, I think we'll see that. It's certainly better for fantasy. Yes, it is better for fantasy. People like Debo and Ayuk, I feel like they definitely get uptakes. I feel like their running game for the Niners get uptakes, uh, uptakes in fantasy value. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why Shanahan said, just don't even come anywhere close to the locker room. This is Trey Lance's locker room. Because I feel like oh, so at the same time, even Shanahan knew, like if he's there, people are going to want to be around Jimmy Garoppolo a lot more than Trey Lance. And, you know, after Trey Lance showed that, you know, maybe he likes strip clubs or house parties with strippers all around him. Uh, I mean, I, good for him. I like it too. You know what's too, better than a house party with strippers? Banging porn hear. stars, which true, is I mean, uh, Jimmy true. G's beat. Yeah, and having your leg uh, currently p- or your foot pointing in the proper direction. <laughs> There's real um, big 90s movie vibes here where jimmy g is the like the dad and hero of the movie and trey lance is like the mum's new boyfriend who's a real nerd like your pierce brosnan in mrs doubtfire your judge reinhold in the santa claus and everyone just wants jimmy g to get back with the mum uh and you've got this nerd other guy in the way and they either have to learn to coexist for the betterment of the kid or trey lance is going to be outside that's true Okay, I like that. I like that analogy. It works, but I mean, it's really frustrating for people like you know, of course, Trey Lance owners, people who are interested, like me. I'm incredibly interested to see how Trey Lance does, but now we've got to wait a whole another year to see how that goes. And of course, more importantly, that's a whole another year on his rookie contract that gets wasted, which I think mm. was probably one of the big reasons why the Niners wanted to grab him is to take advantage of that rookie contract. I mean, foot facing in the wrong direction aside, would you rather have Trey Lance or Justin Fields? Trey Lance. Justin Fields looked terrible as well. I, I just, he, Against the Green Bay Packers, the one of their drives where they went inside the red zone, I think I was like, oh, wow, they they gone through the red zone. And the announcer, I don't know who it was, Chris Collinsworth or uh, 
Now here's a guy who's in the red zone. Here's a guy in the red zone. He, he happened to say the phenomenal statistic of, oh, yeah, the Bears are still yet to complete a pass on this drive. So I said, oh, okay. Makes sense how they got there. <laughs> Second one, the Bills will lose just two games this season, but one of them will be the Super Bowl. Mm-mm. They are not losing to an NFC West team. Not even NFC West. They are not losing to an NFC team this year. I guarantee that one. There's no NFC team on the level of the Bills. The, the way they're just playing, so dominant. It's just so dominant right now. It's on another level. This reminds me of 2007 Patriots. I mean, that's that's a big call. They do look dominant, but they don't give out the Lombardi at the end of September. No. It's a long season. They anything, anything can... Yeah. Maybe they should. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's scary to watch. They're they're going to have down weeks, but you, I think you're right. I can't see a team in the NFC who can match it with them, except for maybe the Rams. And we saw that. I mean, of course, it was the first week of the season, Super Bowl hangover. That Bills are hungry, but I still don't think like anybody on the Rams could handle the Bills. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. The Bills look real good. The, the way they have, they have me questioning Derrick Henry's girthiness. That's how bad they got beat down. Yeah, and he's he's super girthy. He's he girthy, and I'm questioning it. That's how badly he got beat down by the Bills. So I've just we're having a look at the Bills schedule here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Dolphins this Dolphins this week. It'll be a fun game, but I think the Bills handle it. Handle it. Uh, Ravens at home. Yeah, it should be another Bills win, but also uh, a good one. They've got, they get, they'll, they'll beat the Steelers. They get the Chiefs at home. That'll be a fun. They, they got a nice schedule. They should have oh, all these games on primetime. Sorry, they have it reverse here. That's Chiefs at Arrowhead. Okay, okay. That again should be a primetime game. Should be a fun one to watch. Uh, Packers at uh, well, Packers at Bills. Another fun game. I'd, for the sake of the exercise, I'm skipping through the ones that they uh, they should win here. Okay. Um, I think they'll probably beat the Pats at home as well. Yeah, that's that's safe to say. What about the Lions on Thanksgiving? That'll be no. I th- I think the the Bills will handily win that one. They should have an answer for Amon. I I would hope that secondary has an answer. Yes. Yeah, you would hope so. I'm genuinely what's that ralph wigger mean the i'm in danger i think that's the entire afc east now yeah it's the it was a dismantlement of like the bills never stood a chance not i mean not the Bills. sorry the titans never stood a chance yeah and speaking of the titans both the titans and the bengals so the afc champions and the number one seed out of the afc last season will miss the playoffs that's not even uh, that's not that much of an overreaction. The Titans maybe because the division looks really weaker as well, so I think they might just slip, fall, and tumble their way into the playoffs. Bengals, I don't think that's unjustifiable because one, they don't look very good. Two, I mean, when you lose the Super Bowl, statistically speaking, you're you just don't do well the following season. Uh, so it, it's not unexpected for the Bengals to be struggling this heavily. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. I'm surprised they're playing as badly as they are. Yeah, it is a little bit worse. I mean, it's not like they're injury-ridden. They supposedly improved their offensive line. It doesn't look any improved. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, T. Higgins did have his concussion week one, but still, uh, Joe Burrow is still Joe Burrow. They're not running the ball effectively with Mixon. They're not playing good defense like how they used to. It's an odd situation over there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll see that. And the Ravens. I know they lost to the um I know they lost to the Dolphins, but they looked really good. They're a they that offense that division. Looks, the offense looks very good. Uh defense they, so they look Yeah. They, they lost, their defense looked all out of sorts, which is incredibly uncharacteristic of the the Ravens. I expect them to sure that up and not let Tyreek Hill go past them 20 yards down the field three times in a row. Or let Jalen Waddle do that, do his Waddle dance seventeen times in one game, Waddle Waddle. But uh, I expect him to sure up any type of inconsistencies that they have. Yep, and your boy Bateman, two long touchdowns through the first yes. two weeks. Uh huh. He is looking good. Did you see his one he this week. Good. Yeah, he he is looking good. Bateman is looking good. Found rhythm in that offense, and I mean, it might be in total complete part of. Malcolm Brown, uh, Hollywood Brown, not being on that roster anymore, that allows him to really put his skill set on uh, display. Uh, but he's looking good. I was talking to a friend of the show and co-host of the Screen Pass podcast. Download that mm-hmm. wherever you get your podcast. Justin Barber. Uh, he is a Ravens fan, and we're talking about Rashad Bateman. And that long touchdown, that's exactly why I had him rated so highly. Uh, coming out of college his hands on that play are just incredible he plucks the ball i think he has maybe top five hands in the game technique wise just beautiful he does look really good of course i mean i've said this a thousand times it's not the talent that i'm worried about it's a system that he actually just happened to fall upon and with hollywood brown that run first offense that they're not really run first as much as i thought they would be this year and then of course with mandrews out there I definitely expected limitations to what Bateman could do on a consistent basis. But, I mean, without Hollywood Brown holding up targets, there really isn't much to throw to other than Mandrews. It's true. That's true. Well, tell us something else that's true with some wise words of wisdom. Oh. If you see somebody online with a different opinion than you, make sure to call them stupid. Because maybe they don't know they're stupid. And by reading you calling them stupid, they'll realize that they're stupid and that they'll change their opinion. I thought you were going to say if you see someone online who disagrees with you, call them literally Hitler. Because they may <laughs> not realize they're literally Hitler. I mean, that works too. It goes both ways. And, and of course, it goes with anything like fantasy sports, regular sports, politics. Just call them stupid. It, like I said, it works 100% of the time, 60% of the time. <laughs> I love it. Well, the segment I've put together for us this week okay. is called, Is This Who He Is Now? And we're going to look at some players who've been good through the first three weeks and some players who've been shit through the first three weeks. Fair enough. No, the first two weeks, sorry. And we will decide, is this who they are now? Mm-hmm. And there is no better place to start than his girthiness, Derek Henry, mm. who through two weeks... 34 touches for 107 yards and a touchdown. Had 13 for 25 and 1 against the Bills. And is averaging 8 points per game in half-point PPR. Is this what we wanted from a top-five fantasy pick? No, it's obviously not what you wanted from a top-five fantasy pick. But it might be what you'd be getting for a little bit. They're working through that offense right now. They're trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to replace A.J. Brown? 
And on Monday, we saw exactly the effect that A.J. Brown has on an offense. You see the Titans significantly weaker without him, and you see the Eagles significantly stronger with him. Uh, he is a game changer, and Derrick Henry's feeling the force of that. Because right now, teams are saying, hey, we're going to put eight, nine people in the box. Throw it on us. See what happens. And, I mean, the Bills did that, and they couldn't do a lick other than, what, four first downs that whole game? Yep terrible it was, it was pretty bad and i mean derrick henry is going to uh struggle until they figure something out i think ryan Tannehill was having vietnam flashbacks to his time with the dolphins oh that might be that might be good not good but it might be a, a good analogy it's um it's concerning absolutely like i i have derrick henry on one of my teams this year and in it's concerning. I think not only has you know not only can teams now gear in on him because there's no one to take that attention away. I don't think he's looked good either. It's not that he's getting old. At least I think it is. Or I mean, I, I think it's not that he's just maybe. getting old. I think Was he that offense. Well, maybe you're on there, but that's not bad for old something like Derek Henry. True. I, th- I think teams are just kind of figuring it out. Okay, how are we going to stop Derrick Henry and force Tannehill to throw? When there's no A.J. Brown, it makes it a lot easier. So, good news for Derrick Henry and people with Derrick Henry on their fantasy roster. His next five weeks, plays the Colts, who are bad. Plays the Commanders, who are bad. Then he's got a bye. Then he's got the Colts again. And then he's got the Texans. So at the end of that stretch, if he bounces back to some semblance of what we say, say within there he has one big Derrick Henry game and the other games he's fine but unimpressive, are you selling him after that Texans game? No, because running backs are too difficult to find, too difficult or even harder to replace. There's no way you'll ever get first-round value. That's fair. Are you trying to trade for him knowing that stretch is coming up? You can try. You can try. I don't think you'll be able to pry him out of anybody's hands because everybody knows exactly what Derrick Henry can do and what he should be doing. It's worth a shot, but uh, I think I would get your hopes it, up. If Derrick Henry's on an 0-2 team, I think he could be parted with. Or even in Dynasty, actually, if people are, I'm going to sell this guy now. I mean, Derrick Henry averaging eight points per game, while it's not good at all, it's probably not the reason why you're losing your weeks. No, and he sh- he's going to get better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> eight points is a dud, yes, for Derrick Henry. Tell the kid it's, it's going to get better. Wa- <laughs> Tell the kid at the Make-A-Wish Foundation that he's going to get better. I'm sure that'll, I'm sure that'll go well. <laughs> Uh, he, he, Derrick Henry's not the reason why you're losing your weeks. It's not helping, but it's not the reason. No. No, I agree. It's probably all the other terrible players you drafted, like Derrick Yeah, Henry. yeah, because you didn't listen to us. Actually, no, to be fair, if you're like the fourth pick of the draft, I'll tell you to take Derrick Henry as well. So, is this who he is now? No. Yes. For the next couple of games, yes, but no. Like Later on the season, I expect him to hit full stride, figure it out. That offense figure it out. But right now, until they figure it out, this should be expected. Uh, over 1,400 y- rushing yards for the season? No. 
Over 10 touchdowns for the season. Yes. I am going to say no and yes as well. Mm-hmm. 1,400's a hard benchmark to hit when you're two games. I mean, you're only two games in and you're at 100 yards, so it's easy to play catch up. It's He needs 1,300 yards in 15 games. Yeah, it's a lot to ask. It's 85 yards a week, basically. Do, yeah, do he, you believe that he can get 85 yards a week? He can, but he won't. Fair enough. The Titans need to add someone or find an offense within that to get that ball moving to open up the box. Mm-hmm. If, if if you're putting nine people in the box, sorry, maybe not nine, but okay, if you're putting eight people in the box, you got to be able to throw the ball. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Goading teams into it. Next on our list, Darnell Mooney had two catches for four yards, zero touchdowns through two weeks on five targets. Now, admittedly, the Bears haven't thrown the ball much. 28 attempts through two weeks, 15 completed passes through two weeks. Is this who Darnell Mooney is now? I want to say no. It really feels that way. Uh, I just don't see how... They're gonna going to become more pass heavy and a quarterback that they don't trust to throw the ball on an effective basis. I don't expect Arnold Moody to have two catches for four yards. I just <laughs> don't think he's fantasy relevant. They've got the uh, they've got the Giants, the New York football giants this week. That should be another a nicely evenly matched game. Two shit teams. Um are the Bears going to look to maybe open up that offense bit, maybe look to get him involved a bit more, look to pass the ball more? It sounds like a great idea. What I think will happen is, okay, guys, we're going to use this opportunity to establish the run and try to work the play action. Mm-hmm. Which well, just play means, action still yeah. works for Mooney. It still does, but... On 28 pass attempts, five have gone to him. That's Let's round up to 30. That's about what? Well, it's 17 percent. 22 and a half. I was going to say 22.5%. Thereabouts for 28, isn't it? It's le- less Close. than a quarter. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah, close enough. 20%. We're going 20%. 20%, 20%, uh, 20% of the pass target, uh, you know, hmm. Sounds nice in theory. It just it's not translating to anything. Yep. Yeah. Usually, I think if a wide receiver is getting twenty percent of the target share, you think, okay, he's probably pretty productive. Uh, the really the volume you want is around thirty. When I used to do the opportunity report, that was my cutoff was thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah. saw Drake London, I think, duck up into the forties this week. Drake London looks good, on a side note. He does look good. Of course he should. He's like, what, like the second overall pick? Not quite that high, but yeah, it was he, f- he was first receiver off the board. Yeah. I mean... I think. Say it's 20, you know, five five targets on 28 pass attempts in one game. You would think to yourself, okay, you know, that's manageable. But under in two games, eh, it's, it's not where you want to go. I, I can't imagine you putting Darnell Mooney in your starting lineup right now. No. No, so you're holding Darnell Mooney? Yeah, he's on your bench. 
for now. But if you Dude. need a running back, if you have no room, to, if you have Mike Evans and you have no room, I would drop him. So they've got 16 games left, 50 yards a game, puts him at 800 yards. Does he hit that? No. I could see him around the 700 range. Yeah, that hurts a lot for a guy you were probably hoping to be wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Yeah, and you drafted him in, what, the fifth round probably? Fifth, sixth round? Yep. Mm, that's a lot of draft capital to put you, put up, what, like three points so far? He had one catch for minus eight, uh, one catch for minus four this week. So you and I got more yards. That's pretty good. I, I just want to say that if you put me in your starting lineup, I did better than Darnell Looney. Yeah, not in PPR, but in standard. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> now, Kyle Pitts, another person you spent high draft capital on. Yeah. Four catches for 38 yards on 10 targets, averaging less than half of his team's target share than Drake London. It's too early for us to do victory laps, but I think we said Kyle Pitts is going to struggle and not be good. Yeah, I think Drake London's come in and been who people want Kyle Pitts to be. We uh, Kyle Pitts, his whole idea for drafting him, especially that early, was he's going to be absolutely peppered with targets. Yep. He's going to get a, vo- a shitload of volume. He's going to get it all, and that is going to be your fantasy production. Four catches for 38 yards? That's nothing. Targets? That's nothing. It's it's. I'd rather have Darnell Moody stat line. That's like less mm. embarrassing. Because that shows you're really trying. <laughs> the saving grace here is I think London's production and the teams are going to key in on stopping him instead of stopping Pitts. I feel like Pitts is so huge of a player that the you have to game plan him in a specific way if you want to take him out. And teams are doing that. They're say, teams right now saying, okay, let's figure out Kyle Pitts. We'll worry about Drake London after. And somebody like the Rams, they ended up putting, I believe, no, they put Ramsey on him for a little bit. Uh, but Ramsey spent a lot of time on Cordell Patterson for some odd reason. Well, he's uh, the most damaging weapon in that offense. Yeah, which, which I mean, realistically is fair. And I think when you have somebody like Cordell Patterson being that chess, chess piece, moving around wherever you would like, it's really hurting Chris uh, Kyle Pitts' value. So... Uh, the Falcons have the Seahawks this week, a game they should win. Mm-hmm. And then they have the Browns, a game they should win. Do I'm not ready see. to say they should win that one, but it's I think winnable. they should. I think it's the winnable. Falcons haven't played bad. They have not played bad. I will agree there. And the Browns have got... Go well, they were lucky in week one mm-hmm. and unlucky in week two. So their mm-hmm. record is probably... About right. Yeah, that's um, about right. But I think the Falcons should beat them. I think the Falcons should be favorites. I just don't... I don't think it's that easy of a win. I don't think the Browns are that bad. No, I don't think they're that bad either. Um, but I, I just don't think they're as good as the Falcons. Um, Kyle Pitts, 900 yards rest of season. Over doable. Under. That's doable. Over. Five touchdowns. Uh, five touchdowns sounds about right. I'll go over that. Is he going to score a touchdown the next two weeks? He has to. If not, he's almost looking droppable. 
I don't think he's droppable. I think you've paid so much for him. This is yeah, the issue. Yeah. That's the problem. With drafting a tight end high, drafting a tight end high, and I remember as well my first season of um, fantasy football, listening to the fantasy footballers, and Jason had traded for Travis Kelsey. And I think Mike said to him, your issue now is every week the rest of the season, you have to start Travis Kelsey. And this is before Kelsey would had really blown up. And fair play to Jason, he blew up in the back half of that season. And, you know, it's a win. But he had to start him there. You couldn't play matchups. You couldn't look for value on the waiver wire. You don't have other good players around you. You need that player to play well in that position every week. And that's part of the issue with taking a tight end early. I, I I see what you're saying, but I also kind of disagree because there are so little tight ends to pick and choose from that 99% of the time you're still forced to play that tight end. And Kyle Pitts is, is one of those tight ends that I think we recommended to not take early because there are more proven tight ends in that ADP range that you could have taken. You could have taken uh, Darren Waller. You could have. Uh, he probably was not available at this time, but... Uh, may, uh, you know, Andrews, he was probably not available, but if he was, he would have been a much better pick than Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I would much rather have Zach Ertz over Kyle Pitts, but I mean, you could have taken Zach Ertz a whole lot later than Kyle Pitts. It's, I, I don't, I don't agree and disagree or disagree with what you're saying. I just think Kyle Pitts was so unproven that he shouldn't have had that high of a draft stock. I mean, I agree with, I agree with that as well. I think tight end is such a streaky position that you want to find the hot guy and then pick him up off waivers and start him until he's not hot anymore. I think I said on the show last week I went chips in on Taysom Hill. That didn't pay off this week. But with Jameis Winston apparently having four fractures in his back, you don't know if that is going to pay off. And I Mm -hmm. would have rather gone later with Taysom Hill, which is now what I'm doing, than earlier on Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Yeah, Taysom Hill right now looks... uh really dangerous so I think we can say this is not who Kyle Pitts is now oh you know moving forward but I think this is who he is now he's the number two number three option in that offense unless teams really start putting work into Drake London in which case then he might get some more open looks I think this is all a win for Cordell Patterson the more weapons they have like such as Kyle Pitts and Drake London the less resources they could really put and apply to Cordell Patterson. And I think we might see a little bit more consistent play by him. Yep. Yep, agreed. So, let's talk about some guys who've been good through two weeks rather than shitting on people, which I know we enjoy a lot more, but we've got to be positive here. And the first one we have is Tua Tungavalo, and he leads the league in passing yards and touchdowns through two weeks. Yes, he had his big game on the weekend with so it's 649 yards and six touchdowns. Might have been 549 yards and six touchdowns. But good day at the office either way. Week one versus the Patriots had 23 for 33, 270, 1 and 0, which is a pretty good stat line as well. That's what you expect, I think, from Tour is the, that efficiency. Is this who he is now? Have we seen the Tour breakout? I don't know if he's going to get six touchdowns a game. In a normal no. day, he, pro- he probably won't uh, need to. I think he is in a good spot to the point where he is almost an every week starter. If if the tight end that he has is a starter, if wide receiver one must start, wide receiver twos must start, 
quarterback's probably doing something right. Yep. And the I, I did not expect both Hill and Waddle to be as effective as they are. I mean, of course, it's only been two weeks. It could t- taper off a little bit as teams kind of figure out that offense. But they look really good. As a cohesive unit, that offense looks pretty good. Yeah, it was like the first time since like the 1950s or something, two wide receivers had combined for over 350 yards or some ridiculous stat like that. Of course, the defense absolutely collapsing and putting up, what, 42 points, forcing Tua to have to do that is probably should not be expected on an every-week basis. Uh, but at least you know that offense is capable of doing it. So what's his outlook for the season there? He had six touchdowns. Uh-huh. Does he get... Well, he's got seven on the season. Sixteen games remain, uh, fifteen games remaining. I'm going to set it at thirty-six. Ooh, uh, I was thinking around thirty. Well, I suppose I I went for thirty-six because that would mean he scored a sixth of his touchdowns in one game. We can go for thirty, and then he will have scored a fifth of his touchdowns in one game. So, is yeah. it more than thirty? I think so, more than thirty. Because I I don't see them having a solid rushing attack. And I think in the red zone, a lot of those you know forward touch passes, I think those are going to happen a lot. They might inflate his passing touchdown numbers. That's technically a run, but statistically a pass. I think that is uh, how they are going to get a lot of the red zone work. Wide receiver screens like we saw Jalen Waddle have. Or just big play touchdowns with Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm going over. Yeah, I'm going to say over as well. I think 36 is about right. I don't think he's going to be... I, th- I think... A- about 1.75 touchdowns a week is probably what it'll work out to. And 36 would give him basically a, a two-touchdown average on the season, which is about what I think he is as a quarterback. Which is really good, though. I think that is a every-week starter type of player. Yep. If, I think if you don't what, have a QB2 in Superflex. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's probably not going to continue as long as Mahomes plays how he's playing. Allen's probably number one right now. That's probably safe to say. Oh, I meant AQB2, not the uh, Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, On that Dolphins offense, Raheem Mostert. He's the best-looking running back in that outfit. He looked better than Chase Edmonds. Yes. Raheem Mostert looks great. He looks phenomenal. He is good, and he is phenomenal. He just can't stay healthy. That's his issue. Yep. I would say if he's on your waiver wire still, I think he's probably scooped up now. Get him on your roster. He's probably the best available. I mean, he had 11 rushes, 51 yards, three receptions for 28 last week against the Ravens. I mean, of course, the game script did not go in his favor or in that team's favor in general for them to run the ball. Uh, But I do think they'll be winning more games than losing. Yep. Making it so uh, uh, he should be receiving a majority of those touches. They a playoff team? Yes. Will they get the playoffs? I'm not sure, but they are a playoff team. Yep. I think they'll get there. I think they'll be one of the wild cards out of the AFC. Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to be fighting with the Raiders or the Broncos. Uh, but a, a good football they team. They look better in the than a- both of those teams. Yes, they do. They, mm. Okay, maybe they do. The Raiders do look good. I think they just got hit with the unlucky rubber ducky moment. But they'll be fighting with the Raiders. I think the fact the AFC South 
is only going to have one team come out of it. I can't see the Colts coming out. Um, no, I think the unless Titans they win the division. Yeah, like, like I said, I think the the Titans trip, fall, stumble their way into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll stay in the AFC South here, shall we? Okay. And that is a man who got paid big money in the offseason, Christian Kirk. Uh, he's playing like catches. big money. He is. 12 catches, 195 yards, two touchdowns through two weeks. Had 18 targets, nine targets a week. Quick maths. Quick maths. Averaging nearly 18 points per game in half-point PPR. And he is dominating. Like, he's living out of the slot, which we would expect from Christian Kirch, and he is dominating in there. As he should. A weak division. Solid wide receiver. Not expected to win many games. Equals a happy formula for your number one wide receiver. Uh, I mean, yeah. Christian Kirk, where you drafted him has now definitely exceeded his value and shown up as a reliable fantasy starter because that offense just doesn't look good other than him, James Robinson. And I know a handful of people and I, we were talking about Travis Etienne. I told them I would rather leave my RB spot empty than put him in my lineup. He's looked horrible. He's, he is horrible. I think I've said it uh, in the draft process, and then he tore his Achilles. But, yeah, I just I just don't see how he could fit in an NFL scheme. Now, the Christian Kirk story has been just ups and downs. Last year, in one of the great unreleased episodes, I think we gave him the award of Mr. Up and Down or Mr. Roller Coaster or something like that because you mm-hmm. just never knew when to start him. And I think he ended up like a borderline wide receiver 2-3. Yes, he is borderline Amari Cooperish, or he was at least. Mm. Where you know he might he might go off and win you a week, um, but he might absolutely lose you a week by dropping a donut. And I thought Trevor Lawrence looked better this week, uh, albeit against the Colts. But I think the beauty of Kirk here is that there's good coaching, Doug Peterson, and like the Jags, the Jags are still the Jags. They're going to be behind a lot of games. And if they're up, Christian Kirk's going to get a lot of work as you try to move the chains and he's probably going to score you touchdowns and that's the reason why they're up. And if they're behind, they're going to be throwing to him. And 90, 95% of the time, he's not going to be facing a number one corner. This week against the Chargers might be different. They've got a pretty strong secondary. But, you know, they've got the Chargers and the Eagles, difficult games that they'll be behind him. But then the Texans, the Colts, the Giants, they should be at least competitive in and... You know, he should do some good work there. The Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs. Anyway, they're going to be behind most games. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I think the 18 points per game is unsustainable. I don't think he finishes a wide receiver one. But for what you paid for him, I think uh, nice at wide receiver two, hopefully with a, a bankable floor and a high ceiling. He should, I mean, 18 targets, nine targets per game. That's pretty good. I don't think you can complain too much about that on a week-to-week basis. If my wide receiver gets nine targets, I expect him to have a solid fantasy day. I would say the Jags probably throwing at least 30 times a game most weeks, and he will likely see around 25 to 30%. Well, 25-plus percent. So, yeah, that's a nice, nice solid floor, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's uh, a person... I might try to trade for. I know it's kind of trading at value, at high value, but I think he is worth a potential pretty penny. 
yeah, he paid paid off. Um, I think we talked on an earlier episode. Maybe it didn't go out. My Scott Fishbowl team is RB heavy, and Kirk is basically my wide receiver too. And I stacked him with Lawrence because I was like, well, I got to get value out of this somehow. And that's been a, a nice little pickup. So I don't, as I say, I think if he finishes wide receiver two, you've done pretty well. If right now you own Christian Kirk and I was to offer you, I know, I know I, I mentioned this player a lot, but I feel like he's a solid bench line of like mediocre to non mediocre. Uh, Michael Carter, would you take it? No, I would rather Kirk. Daryl Henderson? Brees Hall has looked very, very good. And as much as I like Carter, Carter had a really good run. I think he only got four or five yards, but he is so tricksy. They both look good. And it's kind of a shame they're on that offense. Yes, it is. It's a shame they're both on that offense. But I think they're going to give Brees Hall more work and and Carter less, unfortunately, as good as Carter looks and as much as I like him. So, yeah, give me Christian Kirk. Who was the other one? Darrell Henderson. Darrell Henderson? He looks better than Akers, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, no, I'd rather Kirk. Kirk, okay. Um, I think I think we both agree that we'd rather have Kirk over Zeke. What about Josh Jacobs? Half point PPR, full point PPR. Christian Kirk. Cool. Yeah. Standard. I think I take the running back every single time. Well, yeah, that just makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And last but not least, in this is this who he is now. Uh, 15, 15 catches, twenty targets, one hundred and thirty three yards, two catch, uh, two receiving touchdowns, and five rushes for thirty eight yards on the ground. That's Curtis Samuel of the Washington Football Commanders, or whatever they're called now. That's baby Debo. Uh, 18.3 points per game, 0.5 PPR. So that's pretty easy around that Kirk mark as well. On the great debate this week, I talked how last week I'd said that uh, Chase Claypool was, no, we have Debo Samuel at home. And I think uh, Curtis Samuel falls somewhere between those two. Yeah. How are you feeling uh, about him? You know, it's it's weird because... Because, like, you feel like it's unsustainable. But you look, he's had, he's been peppered with targets, 18, just like, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, shoot, we don't have a tar. we don't have a target stat. Do we have a target stat for him? 20 targets. 20 targets, solid number. So 10 per game, realistic. 15 catches, realistic. 133 receiving yards total in two games. Realistic. Two receiving touchdowns. Realistic. Like it, they're all realistic numbers. It's not like he had an, anom- an anomaly of games. Yeah, and I saw this tweet before the weekend's game, so it's out of date now. But it's good, out of date in a good way. Curtis Samuel has scored double-digit fantasy points in ten of his last twelve games, where he's played at least forty percent of the snaps. That sounds like a Gabriel Davis type stat line where if he's on the field, he's producing. Yep. I think that's exactly it. And somehow Scott Turner absolutely loves him. Um, a bit like Christian Kirk, I suppose. The commanders are going to be playing from behind a lot. And Kirk is seemingly always open. Um, and although Jahan Dotson's looked fantastic, he has. McLaurin has the runs on the board and Carson Wentz 
can go from, you know, Carson Palmer to Carson Daly in the blink of an eye. Um, Curtis Samuel, liable to take any ball to the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Josh Johnson, he's only had 10 targets, seven receptions, yet he has three touchdowns. I mean, it's almost, almost 50% of his tar- catches end up becoming a touchdown. I don't think that's sustainable. Like that, I think, is unsustainable. I think what Curtis Samuel is doing is incredibly sustainable. And I agree. I think he will start be picking up touchdowns as the season goes by. Yeah, and him getting involved in the rushing game as well is exciting. That's always nice. Using That's him out of the nice. backfield. Like, nice little gadget player. I think this is I think this is good. He will still be on some people's waiver-wise, I think, so definitely snap him up. I was very happy to get him towards the back end of some deeper drafts. Now, Terry McLaurin has only only has 30, uh, 12 targets, as I'm looking at it right now. So, I mean, Curtis Samuel has everybody beat on targets, receptions, not touchdowns. Of course, Dotson's being, uh, winning in that stat. But, I mean, Terry McLaurin's only touchdown came on a 40 yard, 49-yard pass. Mm-hmm. I hate using the statistic of, oh, just take it away. And you see he's done absolutely nothing because you can't take away a huge play but in some yep. cases it kind of like you think about it like okay say he didn't get that then what's Terry McLaurin doing literally nothing because yep. he would have five catches for 90 yards in two games for somebody that you drafted in the fourth fifth round not looking good Curtis Samuel looks a whole lot better than both of them yep as I look yep. at it right now Curtis Samuel is rostered in 79% of Yahoo leagues it has changed about 12% in the past couple of days so uh, I think everybody's realizing this guy is a hot commodity. Yep. He he does remind me of Cordell Patterson a little bit of last year where he kind of gets shifted around on that offense. It looks like he's just making plays after plays. And uh, he's becoming yeah. incredibly effective. Yeah. I, uh, I believe that that is... Um I believe this is good, and hopefully he can stay fit. Uh huh. Yeah. So I think right now injury concern has been everybody's concern because a lot of players are getting injured. But uh, surprisingly, it's in the wide receivers. I don't see too many RBs getting hurt. Yeah, way to jinx it. Sorry. (laughs) Now I think is there anyone else you want to talk about in the is this who he is now? DJ Moore. What are his numbers? Not good. Not good. I'm trying to find him real fast. But he, he it's just not looking good for a young DJ Moore. 18 fantasy points right now total in half point PPR. Uh, he happened to, you know, just, he happened to have uh, three for six, 43 yards, happened to get a touchdown in the week, uh, two loss against the Giants. If Again, I hate doing it. Take away the touchdown. He's pretty dog water. Both games... In week one, week two, six targets, three receptions, 43 yards. Both week one and two, he has incredible identical stat lines, minus, uh, I mean, of course, except for the touchdown. That's six and a half fantasy points. Yep. Three for 43 both weeks on six targets. He's had one reception of 20-plus yards each week. Uh, This is Baker Mayfield. This is his doing. Yeah, I like Robbie Anderson more than DJ Moore. Anderson at least... Well, Moore has the big play potential too, but I don't know. I don't think this is who he is now. I think he's better than this. I think, I think he's... we're going to see that bear out. 
I just not with his quarterback play. I think with both quarterbacks that we have on this roster, he is not that. Hmm. I I think th- this is bad offensive coordinatory from Ben McAdoo. More ben McAdoo and do. <laughs> more and Mayfield should be a nice match. Like get the ball out of Mayfield's hands quickly into DJ Moore in the slot. Let him do the work. The problem is they're holding on to the ball too long. And that offense just isn't firing. So they've got New Orleans who are exploitable. They've got the Cardinals who are exploitable. I'm prepared to I'm prepared to wait with DJ Moore. But I'm not feeling comfortable if he's my wide receiver one or two. Exactly. Chances are you did draft him as an early round wide receiver to play as potentially a wide receiver one or two role. I'm going to agree. I mean, there's not much you can do with somebody you drafted that early. You know, you put him in your lineup and hope that they're able to get it together that week. Somebody I kind of do want to recommend, not maybe necessarily recommend, but kind of highlight on a higher note would be Devin Duvernay. If you were unable to get Rashad Bateman on your roster, I think he's an interesting Mm. type of play. I think he's interesting as well. Obviously, he ran back the touchdown. Uh, on the kickoff this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where his fantasy production came. He did get a concussion. Yeah, so maybe he's not someone to target this week necessarily, but one to keep an eye on for sure. I would roster him. I mean, he didn't practice Wednesday. Of course, we were recording this on a Wednesday, uh, potentially coming out on a Thursday, Friday. So, wow, that Thursday night game was wild. I'm sure that one play that was crazy, it was it was wild. Um, Nuts. Couldn't have predicted it. How good is that? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, Amazon statistics and AWS couldn't have predicted that one specific play that happened. It was wild. No algorithm could predict that. No, no, no. But I would probably roster Devin Duvernay. He might Mm -hmm. be taking the Hollywood Brown role, or maybe he's taking the Bateman role. But he's been playing very well. And uh, it seems like for some odd reason, Lamar Jackson likes him. Yeah, likes to likes to whip it, and then he likes to do veneno. Ooh, that was a good one. I like that one. Thanks. Anyone else? That's it for right now. Everybody else is kind of like a wait and see type thing. I know uh, the big ones that we kind of talked about. Kyle Pitts was the big one that we I think we really hit on the head. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Now our new segment this year, comeback player of the week. Do you have a nomination, or do you want me to go first? Go for it. Right. Mine this week is Cam Akers. I know we talked about how good Daryl Henderson's looked. Uh, Akers was their lead back this weekend. Three targets and 15 attempts versus Atlanta. The Rams playing the Cardinals. I know you are probably not wanting to start Cam Akers because he's shat the bed in your lineup twice now, and that's happened to me. Uh, However, the Cardinals not very good. They only won, basically, on the strength of the Raiders imploding and on Kyler Murray running around like a madman. So... I'll be starting Cam Akers this week and expecting a pretty solid performance, particularly if that usage holds. Interesting. I do agree. I think Cam Akers is better than how he's playing. It's just right now, is Sean McVay going to use him? I like it. I think he does do a lot better. Uh, I do want to commend your comeback player of the week. I think we both are right, actually. Yours, you were a little bit more right than me with Mike Williams. Um, while we were discussing it, it kind of went over my head that Keenan Allen wasn't playing that day. 
Ah. Yeah, that's why I put he was my comeback player of the week in my yeah. prognostication. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't didn't really push the boat out with that. But. See, you said he was going to have 200 yards and two touchdowns, I believe. I yeah, well, basically said he was going to be the number one receiver on the week. He wasn't had what he what he have 100 and what, 100 and a touchdown dropped another yeah. dropped another one or had one called back or something like that. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to claim it, but yeah, good day out. But 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 then and then my prognostication when he was going to have like two catches for like 10 yards. And then after that, you were going to be like, well, chances are he's probably going to have a handful of catches for like 90 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and that one you were right on. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, my comeback player, I know we, 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 we spent a decent amount of time talking about him, but I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. There's no way that offense can be sustainable without Kyle Pitts having seven, eight targets, seven, eight catches, 70, 80 yards and a touchdown. Yep, we'll say 80 in a touch for Kyle. Yeah, 80 in a touch for Kyle. I think he finally goes off, and luckily everybody does not have a replacement for him, so he's going to be in your starting lineup. Yeah. Nice. Well, fingers crossed for both of those. And we move to prognostications. What's your prediction this week? My prediction is another team has a 21-0 unanswered point comeback again. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, last week was the week of the comeback. I think one team imitates it. Who are you looking at? Thursday night football. I'm looking at the Browns. Brown Steelers? Brown Steelers. Shoot, this My... episode's going to come out before then. I'm going to then look like a genius or an idiot. <laughs> I reckon... I reckon it'll be the Texans to beat the Bears. Ooh. If it's going to happen. Texans to beat the... Is that really a hot take? No, no, no. That's that's not my prognostication. That was my... The 21-point comeback if it happens. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I got you, I got you. So, my prognostication this week is that the Bills will be the only undefeated team left. What other, what other, what other undefeated teams are there right now? Like only ones I can think of off the top of my head. Okay, like the Chiefs, the, Dol- the, the Dolphins, Dolphins need to lose, and they're playing the Bills. Okay, so one of them's losing. Uh, the Giants, the Chiefs. So the the Chiefs need to lose. Okay. The Eagles need to lose. Uh, difficult. The Giants okay. need to lose. <laughs> Impossible. And and the Bucks need to lose. Yeah, that's kind of hard. So. Okay, yeah, you're asking. I was gonna say you're asking the, the for Chiefs a lot. Lo- the Chiefs losing to the Colts, the Bucks losing to the Packers, which could actually happen. Uh huh. The Giants losing to the Cowboys, and the Eagles losing to the Commanders. Yeah, it's definitely a prognostication right there. Quality, quality work right there. <laughs> yep, you're happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy with it. Love it. Okay, so okay, while, while while we're discussing, I'm looking at Devin Duvernay right now. He's 66 percent owned. I want to pick him up. I own Lamar Jackson in this league, so I kind of want to go with the stack. I own Mike Evans, so obviously I can't use him this week. Um, I'm trying to figure out who to drop to pick up Devin Duvernay. And right now I'm looking at my wide receivers. I have Robbie Anderson. I'm not gonna. I, I kind I like. I'm okay with dropping him, but I really don't want to drop him because I really like him as a person. I think he's a phenomenal role model. Tyler Boyd. 
on my right now I'm looking at my bench, you know, Tyler Boyd, Melvin Gordon, Michael Carter, Jordan Mason, Niners running back, and Zach Moss. Like, like are there droppable players for this? I don't think for Duvernay. He's had six catches on the year for 96 yards. He's got three touchdowns, two receiving, and a return touchdown. That's He's had six targets. That is not the sort of player you want to add necessarily at this point, particularly one when it's con- concussed. I think you can give him the week off and then maybe add him next week. In terms of droppable players, I think Zach Moss is probably droppable. Uh-huh. He, he's and handcuffed. I really like Mason as well. Yeah. But... Yeah. My concern with Mason is they've gone out and added Tevin Coleman. They've added Marlon Mack. And I don't they know added if they Tevin have Coleman? necessarily done that. Yep. Added Tevin Coleman, added Marlon Ew. Mack. And I don't God, know if they'd have done that if they believed in Mason. Yeah. So they, right now, uh, Mason has been playing a lot of special teams work. Mm-hmm. So it's... I will say it's a little bit unlikely they're th- using him as thinking of him as a, a an actual back. Like you said, they not only signed Marlon Mack, they elevated him from the practice squad. So he, he'll be playing. What he'll be doing, I'm not sure. Yeah, like somebody like Jordan Mason, like I want to hold him again just for this week and see what he does and what his actual playing time looks like. Because I mean, Marlon Mack is getting injured probably. So, I mean, I'm not worried about him. Um, Kevin... Tevin Coleman, like if Jordan Mason can't beat out Tevin Coleman, okay, maybe Jordan Mason's just trash. Uh, and Jeff Wilson Jr., if he either does not play well, which I doubt happens, or get injured, which is Niners RB incredibly probable at this point. Um, I think he's worth holding another week to see what he does. Yeah, I think Mason's worth holding. I don't think Duvernay's worth picking up. In fact, I would say that he's over-rostered at this point. Devin Duvernay? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people might be uh, stat chasing, point chasing. Yeah, bad business. Yeah, but I do want to stack. And with Mike Evans being suspended, I feel the need to go for a go big or go home type of thing. Assuming I mean, he plays. Okay, I'll tell you why there's upside in Devin Duvernay this week. Okay, okay. They're playing the Patriots, or assuming Devin Duvernay plays. Yes. They're playing the Patriots, and the Patriots are slow over the middle. They're slow on the outside. So I think Lamar Jackson is going to pass the ball a lot. They're going to try and exploit Andrews down the seam, as they tend to always do. They are going to get the ball in Rashad Bateman's hands to try and outrun that defense, and I could see Duvernay going over the top. Yeah, I definitely see that. I see Bateman have a big game. Manager's having a big game. I just see the, the, the Baltimore Ravens having a big game in general. I think so as well. I think it's going to be a long season for the Pats. It's, it's rough to say, which is unlikely and uncharacteristic. My whole life, I always saw the Patriots as an elite team, expected to make the playoffs. This is maybe the first time in since 2001, since I could understand football. I probably, I probably barely even understood football back then. I was... Eight years old, I believe. Eight years old, so barely enough to understand football. This is the first time ever the Patriots are bad. Yeah, I think they've just got bad players. This is crazy. This is wild. I don't uh, believe it. Although Jacoby Myers, I think, is nice fantasy value. I won't do it, though. No, I've got no interest in adding him. But, yeah. you know, we've got bye weeks coming up. You could do worse than a guy who gets you seven for 70. 
Okay, that's not that bad. Speaking of bad, did you see Nelson Aguilar just absolutely moss that receiver? Of course you saw it. He mossed that corner. It was incredible. It was awesome. Incredible. I'm surprised. Chasing you know, points there, though. Yeah, yeah, the baby dropper, Nelson Aguilar. He actually caught a pass. I'm surprised. No, it was an insane catch. Might have been touchdown of the week. It should have been. It's definitely up there. I can't think of a better touchdown. Yeah. Well, how, actually, we were speaking of big plays. How was Kyler Murray's 80-yard uh, two-point conversion run? That was wild. I And that pisses me off because, I mean, of course, after halftime going to the third quarter, I'm thinking in my head, I remember when people made fun of me when I called Kyler Murray trash. I'm 100% right. Uh, and then, of course, he just goes ahead and does that. I don't think that necessarily changes the opinion. I do think he's kind of trash, and I do think I'm right. But, but man, he's so frustrating. On, I was watching the game Sunday and going, this guy fucking sucks. Because he does. <laughs> he does. And then he does that, and you're like, oh, well, I get it now. Like, I get it. Like, I get what he's able to do. He still sucks. But he has this ability to really tilt a defense. And sometimes that's more important than being better than defense. It's just being able to piss them off and demoralize them. Something like that demoralizes a defense. Yep, definitely. And they say Madden is broken. And they say Madden is broken and they see something like that. I mean, if this year's Madden, Madden 23, I think is a lot better. Than, I mean, they could have done anything. It would have been better than Madden 22. But this one has been a little bit more enjoyable in my perspective on a more competitive basis to play. Uh, there's still a little bit of issues, but... Of course, yeah. Like when you say Madden-like, that was definitely Madden-like. For sure. All right. Any, anything else before we sign off? That's it. All righty. Well, of course, I am Natter. You can find me at TopTierTactics underscore on Twitter if you have any memes. Uh, I'm always a, uh, uh, accepting of memes. I like those. But, of course, Sheen, where can everybody find you? I am at Sheehan Solo on Twitter. You can also listen to my other podcast, Screen Pass, wherever you get your podcasts, where we look at uh, football movies, football TV shows, football games, football books, uh, making teams up of Marvel characters, all sorts of stuff like that. So if you haven't listened to us, check us out. It's a lot of fun. We have our Jerry Maguire episode coming out shortly. As well, we'll be listening to that. But other than that, hey, good luck in your fantasy league and good luck, everybody. I'm ready for us